0: Hey branches, it's Colin. We are going to jump back into the middle of chapter 8. That's where we are in Mark's gospel today. We'll get Jesus kind of raising a question I already raised about the symbolism of some numbers, and he doesn't give a clear answer. We get some stuff about bread, which is great. Love bread big fan we get some harsh words from jesus to his own disciples we get another account of this kind of embarrassment principle from new testament scholarship that i don't quite buy but is a helpful lens to kind of understand the writing here and also we get again maybe you're not tired of it yet maybe it's actually helping keep everything held together a question about jesus's identity who is Jesus. And who does he think he is, his self-understanding? Who do others think he is? And what does he want us to do with that information? So we're in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 14. Glad you're listening today on this Monday. It says this, Now the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. They said to one another, it is because we have no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said to them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes, fail to see? Do you have ears and fail to hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves and For the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? They said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? And they said to him, seven. Then he said to them, do you not yet understand? They came to Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the village. And when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his home, saying, Do not even go into the village. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you're the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. So it's almost as if Jesus is kind of answering the questions we've raised about the feeding stories almost right away. We get first a very quizzical, but I think insightful thing from Jesus when they notice they don't have any bread, he cautions them saying, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. What is he talking about here? Well, let's just think about yeast for a second. Yeast in bread or beer or kind of other ways is this organism, um, and it infects, it seeps through, it consumes, it makes its way into everything, it makes things rise, it kind of makes its way and expands and and spreads everywhere. I think what Jesus is saying is beware of the kind of infectious root and ideology of the Pharisees and of Herod. Beware of being led by anybody else or anything else. Beware because it can sink in, it can seep in just a little bit, and before you know it, it spreads everywhere. It starts to expand into every part of your life. Jesus notices their conversation about only having a little bit of bread, and he says, oh, this is an opportunity for me to tell you to be warned, to be aware. Don't be infected by the Pharisees and of Herod. Don't be infected by their kind of pernicious way of being. Be infected or filled with or spread within you the ideology, the teaching, the power of the one who made that bread, who multiplied that bread. I love these comedic moments that are often overlooked in Mark. That their immediate response and to fair to them, a kind of quizzical thing that Jesus says is, Oh, it's about the bread. He's like he's just he's he knows that we don't have enough bread, so he's just talking about bread. Great. Love to love to talk about bread. But that's not what he's talking about really, is it? Though he goes on to berate them, like, you guys don't get it. And he's like, yeah, Jesus, you could just be up front. I mean, you are the son of God after all. Couldn't you just kind of lay it out clearly for us? But there's some reason he's not. And he's saying, look, do you, 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 you have eyes, you have ears. It feels like a very dad moment. Like you're on your first legs. You know what's going on. Like, why, why can't you get this? I'm giving it to you pretty clearly. And he says, how many, how many baskets were left over? Oh, 12 the first time. And then seven the second time. Then he said to them, do you not yet understand? I have in my margins here just <laughs> simply the word no. He doesn't give a clear explanation of what he's talking about. But moving on, they go to Bethsaida, and he's encountered by a man who is blind. Well, again, you heard me talk about uh, this embarrassment principle. This is a moment that's embarrassing for Jesus, maybe, or for the movement, some people would say, because he tries to heal him. He can't quite see, he doesn't see anything. He sees trees walking, not men. Weird, strange. So Jesus kind of gives it a second pass, and then he can see. And again, he sends him away with the secret. Just go straight home. Don't go into the village. I don't want anybody to know about this. Again, don't buy the embarrassment principle personally. Maybe you do. Maybe it's interesting to you, at least from a kind of historical, critical standpoint. But for me, this tells us something about the spiritual life now, too, that uh, it progressively happens. Our eyes are opened a little bit at a time. Our encounter of Jesus isn't going to make us perfectly holy or thoughtful or deep spiritually in a moment, but it's going to take a couple of passes. Not because of Jesus' limited power, but because of us. Because of our deep blindness or because of our deep hurt or brokenness or because of our deep deafness even. Uh, Jesus, uh, our encounter with him, and has to happen a few times before it takes. That's my own interpretation. Take take it or leave it, take it as you will, but I I think that says something to us about our present spiritual state. And then, as promised, and as always, we get uh, Jesus's kind of own self-understanding, or at least him raising the question. Maybe you've heard this before quoted. Who do people say that I am? Here's some kind of guesses, some hypotheses. Uh, You're John the Baptist, which would be weird Uh, because they existed at the same time, and maybe some of these people saw him baptized by John the Baptist. Who knows? But maybe John the Baptist. Some others people say Elijah. Still others, one of the prophets, kind of generalizing here. And then he asks them, these disciples he's just berated. These disciples who've witnessed him do miraculous things. These disciples who are still kind of scratching their heads about some of the stuff that this guy says, they say pretty clearly, and there's no periods or punctuation like this in Greek, but there's a period here on the NRSV, you are the Messiah, period. You're God's anointed, promised one. Jesus' response is not a pat on the back, a hooray, good job, but a stern order not to tell anyone. It's like a weird confirmation. Yeah, I'm the Messiah. I'm who you say I am. I'm not one of these other guys. I'm not generally one of the prophets. I'm the prophet. I'm the one who was promised. I'm the one who gives the bread, who multiplies sustenance, who's an abundant giving God. I'm not easily understandable in every moment. I'm not always the warmest, coziest person. I'm not always going to give you a straight answer, but I am the Messiah. And for now keep it to yourself but as we make our way through the story you'll see more and more of these opportunities we have and we just read one just a couple of days ago the more he told them not to tell the more he did tell and that's what I love about the gospels even though Jesus says don't tell anybody the fact that we have this story the fact that we have this episode of Jesus talking with his disciples and saying don't tell anyone the fact that we have this written down means someone told and I'm so grateful for that